Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's our Southridge member podcast, helping give people the inside scoops on life around our church. And uh, yesterday in our online service, we were talking about the growing need and the tremendous opportunity, really, that we're sensing for a greater degree of leadership development and particularly leadership development with and for the next generation of our church. And so uh, today we've got our family life pastor, Carrie Jones, with us, who is spearheading this initiative. And so, Carrie, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be I here. I know that you're going to start uh, co-hosting this on a more regular basis now that we're into October. And so I'm excited for that. But uh, it's good just to get you on here and, and pick your brain a little bit about what is going to be an exciting topic, I think, for both of us. For sure. Awesome. Um, before we get into this. Um, can you look back on your summer and give us, I know it's a long, long way away now, but <laughs> give us, like, what was your best summer memory? Yeah, I, I mean, I think like a lot of, like most of us, um, you know, summer was maybe a bit different than we planned and we were very local, but my family did manage to go camping for a week and, and that was a real highlight. And um, it was just, it was just good to, to have lots of family time and especially to have lots of time outdoors after being cooped up in the house for so much of the, you know, March and April earlier this year to have those summer months where we could be outside was, was really, really great. So, yeah. That was like game changing I oh, think, yeah. for all of us when the cooped up Zoom fatigue, you know, yeah. everything online, <laughs> life could finally, you know, bust the doors open and get some fresh air. That was significant. And uh, give us a bit of a description. I know every time we check in, we want to know how your family's doing, whatever. What what does the the back to school scenarios look like for for your kids the, this year? Yeah, again, like like all of um, us, this this fall has looked different, especially if you have kids. So our two oldest girls are in university and they're um, doing all of their classes online. Grace is in Waterloo at Laurier, Eva's um, at home at Brock, and they're doing everything online. And then our youngest, Beth, is in grade eight. And so, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. And it's been a pretty nerve-wracking fall, I think, for pretty much all of us as parents, kids, educators. It's, um, it's been a lot to process. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> well, hey, let's dive in. And... Uh... I just want to talk about this this leadership dynamic, leadership mm-hmm. development dynamic around here these days. And I, I think the the most obvious reason we've been feeling this is because of some pressure points around our church. There's been some growing needs that we've sensed for, for leadership development around our church. I'm assuming that leadership development is is a value all the time around here. But but from your perspective, Carrie, why are we feeling such a leadership development need these days? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, leadership, I mean, leadership development has always been core to our DNA here at Southridge. It, it really is what sets us apart in a lot of ways as a church. Um, and during this season that we've been in, this season of COVID, I think a lot has been really illuminated. And so, you know, in a season where we want to navigate COVID and really be the church, we need leaders. Um, in a season where we want to step up our action and not just be people of action, but people of advocacy, we need leaders. Um, and 
we have this growing number of next gen leaders that are really hungry to lead and to learn about our history of our church and how generational transfer happened in the past. And I think the combination of that growing um, group of people, uh, our BCWI scores as a staff, where there has been this increasing generational divide between leaders like myself, who are a bit older, and leaders who are younger and wanting to, in a sense, bridge that divide. Um, all of that has has caused us to really want to explore this idea of leadership development. And I think right now we have the space and the time to do that. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about leadership development being a, a, a value around here for years. People have asked me about that before. And uh, I actually heard a, a person, a critic at one point say, you know, we ought to spend a lot more time on followership development than leadership development. Mm. And they make a point, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus is to be our leader. Uh, A a life of faith is fundamentally about following him. And his chief concern is that we would grow in and mature in our followership. So, you know, it's probably worth just clarifying for everyone who's listening that to be into leadership development is not to the neglect of followership development. I I think the reason it's such a value, at least I'll speak personally, the reason it's such a value for me is because followership development is a one-for-one investment. Hmm. Leadership development multiplies. Right. And so from a Luke 19 perspective of being stewards of the time and energy and resources that God's entrusted to us, to, to focus on leadership development is to multiply our capacity for followership development. It doesn't compete Hmm. with a focus on followership development. It actually helps multiply that. And in a lot of ways, I would say it even helps intensify that because in so many ways, and you would know this being so involved in leadership over the years in your own life, when you think about brave girls or next level leadership or whatever, all, all leadership development is is more intensive spiritual formation and gift development and followership development mm-hmm. in multiplier type oriented people mm-hmm. in people who are going to have then an impact and an influence on other people. And so I, I just want to clarify for people if they, they wonder why we're even having a whole podcast devoted to the subject of leadership development, where Jesus wants us to become like him to a greater degree. It's because leadership development is about getting specific people to exponentially become more like him to a greater degree and then multiplying that capacity through those people Hmm. that we identify as leaders. And I think that that's an important uh, piece of clarification. Yeah, that's super important. Um, You also, you mentioned uh, this whole next gen terminology, and I know that that's been uh, certainly close to your world in family ministry, working with Keith Kyer and, and even formerly Joe Venema in kids ministry. Why would you say we're, we're sensing specific timing around mm-hmm. the need for leadership development specific to the next gen in this ministry season? Yeah, we've had growing, um, a growing amount of conversation in the family ministry department where we've been talking more about how we can integrate our kids and youth into the overall life of the church, especially we think about our high school kids 
and what would it look like for them to actually serve and be the church together with adults in a way that is mutual, in a way that allows them to grow and thrive and become all that God created them to be. And so we've had a lot of those conversations and how sometimes, um, this is true probably for many churches, um, there's this this, um, tendency for our youth and even our kids to some degree to feel like they're segregated to the kids' table when really um, we believe that kids and youth are meant to be the church with us. And so we want to extend that leadership development to the next generation and really grow up um, leaders who would be multipliers and who would make a difference and live a lifestyle of full devotion in a greater way. And so that's where a lot of a lot of these conversations have come from. They have they started way before COVID, but they've really, I'd say, peaked in the last um, six to eight months. Yeah, it's interesting when I think about our last round of generational transfer. Mm. You know, one one of the realities back then. Again, this is now a quarter century ago. Um, <laughs> we did we didn't have a family ministry. Right. You no, know, we had a kids Sunday school, had a youth group, whatever, but we didn't have a a family ministry. Everyone was highly integrated in the life of the church. Right. We had a children's feature. Mm-hmm. As part of our Sunday service, mm-hmm. we had youth from whatever age they could play an instrument, you know, active in the worship bands. We had, I remember Mike Krause would tell you his first time preaching, not at youth, not, you know, in a Sunday school class, but his first time preaching like to the adult audience was on a Christmas day when he was 18 years old. Wow. So th- there's, there's, for for generational transfer and for a really integrated, you know, unity and diversity among the generations kind of church family feel, hmm. uh, uh, having a family ministry can kind of betray that mm-hmm. because having a family ministry, like you said, it 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 creates this separateness that can cause segregation. Sure, you know, unintentionally. Yeah, we designed the family ministry, you're leading, and we designed it to have separateness for the upside of specialization. Yeah. But the upside of specialization does come with the shadow side of segregation. And so the value has been to try to reclaim some of that integration. And then having observed the fact that it was a quarter century ago where our church was making this formal generational transfer play that 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 should kind of happen once every quarter century or so and yeah. so you know is it time these days for us to even more diligently even more formally you know make a run at handing the baton or handing the keys of the family business as it was described back <laughs> in my day uh, over to the kids of the church over to the next generation and integrate them in a way where they can Mm-hmm. where they can take this over. So uh, I would say for both of those reasons, the integration of the family ministry life in the life of our church and just the raw generational transfer, there's a timeliness that is that is quite exciting right now. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Uh, you know, when we come talk about leadership development, though, at Southridge, we don't just talk, this is the exciting part, we don't just talk about leadership development for Southridge. We also talk about leadership development by Southridge for the broader church and for a broader 
ministry environment across Canada and even beyond. And so, you know, not only does our church seek to invest in its own leaders, we also seek to invest in other leaders. Mm-hmm. Can, can you recall, I know you're involved in this as well as I am, where did this heartbeat come from? Yeah, it's really been around as long as I've been a part of Southridge, which has been actually 19 years. Um, there, there's always been this sense in which we've been mentored by others. Others have helped us along the way. And as we grow and learn and as we become all that we believe God wants us to be, we feel like we have a responsibility um, to share that and to, to impact the kingdom just in a, in a broader way. And so I think it comes from a sense of responsibility, a desire to be generous, a desire to, to give back. Um, it just feels very core to who we are and the things that we value. Yeah. One, one story I'd love for you to tell. Um, if I say the, if I say the word Kahunaville, you'll know what I mean. Uh, hmm. we, we, we assembled for a retreat. This is now years ago, yeah, probably 10 years ago, um, as a board of elders mm-hmm. at, uh, a, a gentleman had, had allowed us to occupy their, their cottage, uh, which is barely, it's, it's not even worth calling it a cottage, but <laughs> you know, we're in this amazing, this amazing up North facility. And we had this really sacred prayer time where mm-hmm. we shared the heartbeat of, of who we sensed God desiring us to become you used the word generous there. Talk about that experience that this is, this is before you were on staff. This is back when you were on our board of elders and just how spiritually significant that experience has been in a value like this. Yeah. The, the, the sense, um, the sense back then was that, you know, all of us were really in awe of how God had moved and was moving in our community. We were all really pinching ourselves for the ways that we had seen God at work and felt this overwhelming, collaborative, unified sense in which we can't just keep this. We actually need to share this because God is doing something bigger than just us. And who knows how God might want to use us to bless to bless others. And in a sense, like we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. And what does that look like? And so a lot of that time together was just dreaming and saying really blue sky conversations about like, what if, and could you imagine, and um, wouldn't it be awesome if, and a lot of those dreaming, a lot of those prayers, a lot of those blue sky conversations have have led us to, to where we are now and the kind of conversations that we're in um, and the way that we value, you know, love beyond belief, the way that we're learning more about how to be a church that, um, you know, empowers men and women. The, the way that we want to be a church that is more racially diverse and racially just. And all of that, in a lot of ways, comes back to some of those conversations 10 plus years ago. Yeah, I remember we were using the word as people were sharing their their personal heart for how they sensed God leading them and, and, and our church and kind of throwing these logs on the mm-hmm. fire. You know, the, 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 the term was ridiculously. We mm-hmm. sense that God wants us to be ridiculously gracious or ridiculously inclusive or, you know, uh, and, and the one that caught my eye was, was ridiculously generous. Yeah. I remember that was the phrase, right? Going around the, the sort of the fireside prayer time. It was that, that God wants us to be ridiculously generous. And I remember this collective 
just this collective sense of, you know, that Acts 15, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, mm. where we're all feeling like, yes, that's who God wants us to be. Not just to care about the health and well-being of our own church, but to be ridiculously generous with what God's entrusted to us and to steward that generously beyond. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would echo that, that this, this has been a heartbeat for a long time. Yeah. Um, at a practical level, some people listening might have no idea what that actually looks like. So, you know, what are some of the open doors that God's provided of opportunity for us to do that? Or, or maybe, you know, take it this way, like what are some of the common examples of how Southridge ex- invests itself in leadership and leadership development beyond just our church? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the first thing that comes to mind is hosting the GLS. I mean, obviously it was different this year um, with COVID, but um, a part of our summer rhythm for, I don't know, how many years has that been? I've kind of lost track. Definitely yeah, over a decade. 13, 14. Sure. Yeah. Where, where we host the GLS um, as a way of pouring into our leaders and as well as creating space for leaders in the community, whether it's business leaders, church leaders, to grow in, in their leadership and in their capacity. Um, I think about, and a lot of people wouldn't know this, but it's very common for our staff, for our elders to meet with other churches and to provide some coaching, some consulting, some conversations, often their coffees about things we're learning and how God's moving and, and what we're experiencing so that we can be, you know, ridiculously generous with others. Um, yeah, even I think about our, our pastoral staff all have um, a lot of time. We call it co-curricular and that's not their vacation time, and it's not their work time. It's time that's actually carved out into their year, where they can uh, serve in a way that makes a difference in a in a greater way. Whether it's you know sitting on a board um, with a conference or something to do with camp, or um, Jeff, I know that yours has to do with the Global Leadership Network and chairing that board. There's that's a way that, again, people might not know that, but that's really core to who we are and wanting to make sure that we don't just lead our own church, but we actually want to make a difference beyond. Yeah. And and ju- I mean, just to give people a picture of what this in practical ways, like it looks like, and, and like you said, this happens very frequently, but it was, you know, a, a number of months ago where the chair of the board of the Global Leadership Network in Australia... Mm-hmm got in touch with me as the chair of the board of the Global Leadership Network in Canada and had heard about through a conference actually that was happening in Australia, they were hosting where a speaker had alluded to our story on female leadership empowerment. Mm -hmm. And they contacted me and said, Hey, what's the deal? How could we learn more? And all of a sudden that creates a, a zoom or a Skype call where now you, from your experience with Ellen Duffield and your training in next level and overseeing not only next level leadership, but also brave girls here at Southridge. Now you're on a Skype call with leaders of a female leadership empowerment movement in Australia, trying to help kind of coach and consult them in how to get that off the ground. Like Mm -hmm. those kinds of conversations as remarkable as they seem, they they happen every week around here. Yeah. There's that, that stuff is happening all the time these days. And, we don't highlight it a lot because it's kind of under the radar, but it is important for especially core members of ours who many of whom many of whom listen to the podcast um, j- just to be aware that that's a time that's been freed up out of a heart by particular board 
to invest our leaders in more than just Southridge that actually gets leveraged. Mm-hmm. It actually gets leveraged in, in many, many diverse ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, the interesting thing is then that opens up a whole kind of a third <laughs> of leadership development, and that is the growing alliances and the growing kind of network and, and partnerships that we're finding with a lot of these ministries that we've connected with through doing this coaching and consulting and workshop speaking and going to conferences and things like that. And so, you know, this stewarding of God's activity at Southridge, Mm -hmm. both for Southridge and with others, you know, it's created this whole network. Carrie, talk about the, the, the leadership development kind of network that God has been creating for us as a church. Yeah, again, th- this is something that's emerged um, over the years, and it's really only in the past couple of weeks as we've actually put it down on paper that we've started to realize like, oh, there actually are a lot of organizations that we partner with, and it's really cool because it actually strengthens um, the leadership development opportunities that we have with them and that they have. And, you know, some of these would include, I think of um, Ellen Duffield in the Leadership Studio. Ellen has been just an amazing partner in working alongside our church that we would become a church that really empowers women. And this is true for our female leaders, but also, of course, for our brave girls. And just that friendship and that partnership has just massively evolved over the years. Um, you know, I think about... Um, our partnership with the um, the MB Conference and with Camp Crossroads. I think about Alpha and Compassion and the Global Leadership Network. Um, yeah, Tim Day and City Movement. And the list goes on and on and on. And I think it's just very cool how we're starting to see the number of opportunities that we really have to, to strengthen and broaden those partnerships. And outside of being in relationship with these various ministries, many of whom uh, have a focus on leadership development and and coming alongside supporting and serving, equipping, envisioning, empowering church and kingdom leaders, specifically in Canada, outside of just being in relationship with them. You know, can you give me an example of the kind of conversations that are happening these days that could strengthen this network to partner together for leadership development to a greater degree? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, you and I were both in touch with Ed Wilms recently, and we were actually talking about the MB Seminary, which is out in Winnipeg. And there's been some talk about creating hubs in uh, different provinces and local churches where actually seminary, like graduate work, could actually um, take place for students. And we've been exploring what that might look like for Southridge to actually be a part of that and strengthen that partnership and just make a massive difference in those who who want to explore education through the seminary. Yeah, like if you think about that at a practical level, that's a beautiful example of, of a real-time sort of emerging partnership-y kind of thing. Because for us, you know, we want to empower the next generation. Mm-hmm. We want to engage in, ne- in generational transfer. And so for our purposes, leadership development matters. To have on-site, you know, Niagara Region hub level seminary training support Mm -hmm. in doing that would be a huge resource. Massive. On the other hand, for the seminary looking to kind of decentralize itself potentially across Canada, to have a Niagara Region hub where people can assemble and be developed in their leadership in part 
by some of our leaders. I mean, mm. I think of the, the wheelhouse that that could be for Michael. Absolutely. Um, it could be an amazing opportunity for stewarding Mike Krauss in a, in a more theological and academic way that, again, is all about just multiplying the kingdom capacity of our church. And so it's a great picture because it would both be a blessing to us, but it could also be us being a blessing to others if we were to pursue that sort of partnership a little more formally. Yeah. And that is a really good, a really good point because all of these partnerships that I'm thinking about, it is a mutual relationship and it goes both ways, which I think is just a beautiful picture of, of kingdom work. So Carrie, bring this all to a head. Um, <laughs> we've got these, these kind of these streams of leadership development. We've got this growing stream and emerging need of increased leadership development for our church and especially for the next gen. Yep. We've got this growing stream of opportunity to steward our church more generally in leadership development outside mm-hmm. of our church. And then we've got this emerging stream of increased partnership with other leadership development ministries and agencies, both for the leadership development of Southridge and the leadership development by Southridge for other people. Tying all that together, what are we sensing God is up to these days? Yeah, so we're sensing that God is actually up to something which would want us to launch our very own leaders village. And we're still figuring out what that looks like, but we feel like the leadership for Southridge, by Southridge, and the leadership development with these partners, with the, our network, is you know has never been more important. We want to massively multiply the kingdom capacity that we have, and we feel like in this next season there is just a invitation to launch that and to begin researching what that might look like, and to get into some deeper conversations, and to really set aside the time um, to dive into that in a deeper way. They use the term leaders village. I mean, that should resonate with people who are listening because every summer we do a series called It Takes a Village that's based on the idea that it takes a village to raise a family. But we always wonder who that extended village is that raises mm. our family. So similarly with the leaders village, you know, it takes a village to raise a family, but what village exists to raise the leaders of those families? Yeah. Right. And and what we're wondering is, can we be in a more formal way, that kind of village, or maybe more accurately, has God been growing us to become yeah. that kind of village that that just is this hub of leadership development in, in these different ways? And I think, you know, if if, if I'm fully transparent, it, it, it feels like this has been an inevitability around here with the way that God has been leading. Mm. It's just been a question of timing as far as when does the scope and when does the significance of the opportunity of all this merit a bit more formalized kind of focused attention? And so I, I think that's the the, the, the timing yeah. behind launching this these days. At a practical level, like what does launching a leader's village look like? And, and what are we hoping to see God do through this focused ministry this year? Yeah, as far as, far as launching the leader's village, I mean, it in a lot of ways has freed me up to have the space to begin having some conversations, doing some research and just disproportionately investing in the leadership development here beyond and with our partners. And so it's really an intentional choice. Um, And as far as what we're hoping to see God do, I think we're hoping to see God 
raise us up and use us in a way that is just ridiculously generous. Um, I mean, as I, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, part of why the timing is right is because we really do want to invest in the next generation. And so much of that has to do with leadership. We want to really heal the develop the generational divide that we're beginning to see emerge. We want to have more, um, you know, formal conversations about generational transfer and the leaders village allows space and room and permission for all of that. And as far as, you know, what we're hoping for, um, we're hoping to give God space to really blow us away in the next year. And we don't even want to say this is what it's going to look like because we we don't know. And that's part of the the dreaming and the creativity and the messiness of it all. But it feels very true to who we are. And it feels like the time is right. I even think about, Jeff, I know we talked a few weeks ago in the podcast about um, the book that you've written during the season of COVID. And just, you know, that book was really, I think I can say, always within you, ready to be written. And it just needed the time and the space and just the fact that that book is coming out and how that ties in with um, our journey and how we want to steward that and how we want to partner with others is just really beautiful timing. And so we're, we're trying to, to follow um, the leading of the spirit and, and go from there. Hmm. Uh, Carrie, as we wrap things up, um, you know, I'm wondering if there are any encouragements or challenges to everyone listening, especially if they wanted to be involved in something like this. Like I think part of the, hmm. the idea of this is we're taking a lot of God's activity that's been under the radar yeah. and making it a little more formalized you know, how would you encourage other people to support this or to participate in this? Maybe if they're passionate to see leadership development grow and grow and uh, develop around here too. Yeah, I would say uh, to start for sure, reach out to to myself, reach out to you, reach out to somebody on our board of elders or on our our, our staff, um, and I would say pray. You know, let's really together. Um, dream and pray about how God might use this. And if you have ideas, if you want to be involved, if you think there's somebody that we need to connect with, who would just be somebody that would make an absolute, you know, um, perfect partnership, like we would love to explore all of these conversations. And that's really what this season is for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say too, if, if someone has a leadership development bent mm. in their world, but their world hasn't been as formally churchy in, in its leadership um, to not hold back from approaching us and especially from approaching you about how they could participate. Like I, I see this as being able to be uh, an investment potentially in marketplace leadership development mm -hmm. or in educators who are trying mm -hmm. to develop their leadership or in nonprofits or, you know, government or social service agencies that are all trying to, I mean, that's really the, the reason we host the GLS, isn't it? Yeah. To, to kind of raise the leadership tide in all of these different segments. And so, you know, if you're a business person and you want to see leadership development grow among business people or among people who own businesses, mm -hmm. um, let's explore ways that we can leverage some of this leadership development horsepower in, in ways that help raise the kingdom tide in all those directions as well. So yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're super excited about this. I hope you've been able to tell and uh, are grateful, Carrie, not only that you're into spearheading this, but uh, that part of spearheading this will be 
co-hosting this podcast moving forward. So we look forward to hearing more from you in these environments. And uh, to all of you who are listening in, thanks again for joining us. Uh, We're really looking forward to continuing to track week by week. And so we'll see you again next week as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everyone. Take care.